but I say they can't fuck with me. Just like the girl, I'm everywhere. How you say it so much? School for chiropractic, looking good as hell today. Just sent my nigga five attachments. Why'd you come from me by the nigga? Man, you bitch, back for that. Come at me by niggas who I don't even find a track. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Jordan, and this is Desmond. And welcome to episode 151 of Two Black Nerds. That's right, it's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment. As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support. And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that. Love y'all. And let's not forget to mention we have merchandise that's available now at Two Black nerds.com go check out our nerds of thunder collection inspired by thor love and thunder we got t-shirts crew next city stickers mugs and tote bags so go ahead and place those orders right now on today's show we'll be reviewing the eighth episode of the marvel studios original series she hulk attorney at law we'll recap all of the episodes big moments as well as how this stacks up to other penultimate episodes from the mcu but before we get to any and all of that we're kicking off this podcast with our general thoughts and impressions about this week's installment. So She-Hulk Attorney of Law has obviously been a series of peaks and valleys. I would say there's been a lot of things that we've really enjoyed, a lot of things that we've sort of questioned and wondered about, the motivations and also just the character choices and just the tone of the show Mm -hmm. as a whole. But we are now approaching the end of this series. It seems like it's been going on for quite a while. We're not used to these nine-episode series from Marvel. Typically, it's six, but this is a little bit of a more long-form series. But now eight episodes in, we're closely finishing this series out, and now we have a better picture, I think, of what this whole thing is going to ultimately end up being in terms of what a first season looks like for this for this new character in the MCU. But this episode also includes the long-awaited return of a character that we've been very much excited for, that they've been teasing. This is all in the marketing material, so I don't think it's a spoiler to say that mm-hmm. Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, does appear in this episode um, in a big, bold way. Not really in a cameo fashion, more so in a very (laughs) integral fashion to everything that happened in the course of the episode. But we'll talk about all the details and everything that went down this week. But before we get into the specifics of this week's episode of She-Hulk, just want to get your big picture thoughts and impressions. What did you think about this latest installment? Man, uh, talk about a penultimate episode. Um, uh, There's been, you know, shows where, I don't know, the penultimate doesn't always feel like the penultimate. Um, but this one thankfully does it does a, I think it does a lot of work on many sides of of not only service to She-Hulk but service really to things where we want and are going to see in the MCU in the future so um, I, I, I'm really grateful for that also this is just a really fun episode first and foremost I had an amazing time from beginning to end you talked about peaks and valleys this is absolutely a peak for me um, and it's not just the cameo of, of, of Matt Murdock, though that is a huge reason. I can't lie. Like most of the time, you'd be like, I don't want to blame it on the cameo, but no, it was a really good ass, you know, the cameo. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see him here. And he had a lot to do with it. But it's not just that either. It's the way that we progress things, I think, by the end of this episode that was like, okay, yes, like we, we did a ton of shit in this episode. In fact, I was like, Dang, this episode is long. It just felt long just because of everything that was kind of going down. Everything that we got felt like a treat as well. Like it, it was it was it was just good TV, I think. So this is by far, I think, my favorite episode of the of the series so far. 
it just so happens that Matt Murdock is here again. He, of course, he does have a lot to do with it, but it's not just him. Um, so, man, uh, I don't know what much more to add until we get into the spoilery part of things. But, man, uh, good job, She-Hulk, giving us a penultimate episode that feels like one. And also, good job of being able to integrate Matt Murdock and Daredevil into an episode that didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like a cameo like you said it was very much integral to the episode good job um on all fronts and and i hope to see more of this in in future really just mcu shows and and that is moving the needle forward yeah it's really rare when a series or even a film for that matter in this day and age can actually feel super comic booky and i i think after this episode it it, it would be I mean, you you have a really good case on your hands to say that She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, might be the most comic booky show that Marvel's ever done, just due to mm. the nature of everything that they've included here, whether it's the weekly one-off episodes, the the relationship problems that exist, just the the overall stories and the tone and everything that they've struck in with this series has really felt like a comic book, and does it always work? No, there's certainly been problems and issues that I know I've had with this series in particular, but this penultimate edition of She-Hulk Attorney at Law strikes the absolute perfect balance. It did pretty much everything right, I think, that anybody could ask for, whether it is being the return of Matt Murdock and also the introduction of Daredevil officially into MCU canon to the way that She-Hulk and Jennifer's arc as a character has just further progressed forward and also how it sets up the impending conflict of next week to also just the the fourth wall nature of the show that they've continuously leaned into and how I think it was actually effectively used this time around. There's just so much stuff here where it actually felt like a a joyous occasion. It felt so fun to watch while still Mm -hmm. maintaining a sense of the stakes that lie ahead for for Jennifer as a character. And when you have such a beloved interpretation of a very iconic hero in Daredevil coming from Charlie Cox, and he just slips so easily back into this role, like he's never been gone. I just <laughs> I just I just I just sit here and I'm just just so happy to see like, man, I miss my guy. I really missed you over yes. these past four years, you know, and we got that brief glimpse of him in Spider Man No Way Home, but it was it was so quick, you know, we really couldn't savor the moment. That movie has so many other things to accomplish, but here was just an absolute treat by by so many measures. And I agree. This is this is easily the best episode of the series thus far. The commentary about that is interesting because it does feature a cameo. And one would argue, well, does Daredevil or Matt Murdock pretty much play the only pivotal role in making this the best episode? I do think that there's other things to your point that help add to that fact. But it's also effectively use that we 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 didn't get a a, a real cameo in like four to five weeks maybe three to four weeks i can't remember it's been a while since Mm -hmm. we've gotten a legitimate cameo long was kind of the last one and i think that that was really smart in hindsight now because it can really build up that anticipation for what we did ultimately get this week so overall kudos to everybody you know that had something to do with this episode the writing team the direction the choreography was amazing the story was actually really really interesting the court case was probably the best that we've gotten this far there's just so many things to 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 sing about the praises of this week's episode of she-hulk so i'm just really really impressed by the accomplishment that they had here but let's talk about the specifics let's really get into the nitty-gritty of the episode and i mean listen there's so many angles to look at this from there's so many things that we have to address in terms of what happened this week but 
we do need to really talk about Charlie Cox and what he brought to this episode and really spend some time just talking about his return here in the MCU. I mean, we famously mm-hmm. know Charlie Cox played Daredevil on Netflix for three seasons, three incredible seasons of TV for that matter, before those series on Netflix, those Marvel series were ultimately canceled due to, you know, some some pretty mysterious reasons. I, I think a lot of it is attributed to low viewership over the subsequent seasons. They were very popular upon initial release, but seasons two and three of a lot of those series just didn't maintain the momentum that they initially had. Plus, they were super expensive because all of those shows filmed in New York. At the same time, there was a lot of transition happening within the Walt Disney Company and the purchase of Fox and just really consolidating everything that was going to happen on a streaming front as Disney Plus was also launching in 2019. I think it was just kind of the perfect storm for them to say, yeah, all of this kind, kind, kind of needs to end and we need to get everything under one house. But fans really wanted to see Charlie Cox back here. He was mm-hmm. just perfect as that character in those seasons. We're, we're incredible TV, and so uh, we finally got our wish with Spider-Man No Way Home, and we further found out he would be popping up here in She-Hulk Attorney at Law. We had to wait eight episodes and eight weeks to get here, but we <laughs> finally are here. So I just want to start to get your overall impressions about Charlie Cox, him making his way officially into MC- MCU. We know Daredevil Born Again is going to come out in a couple of years, but what was your reaction to this being like the official return of Daredevil? Because again, we did get that brief cameo in spider-man no way home but we got to see daredevil in his full glory in costume fighting everything under the sun with that character what what was just your overall impression of how they handled him here i have to say one of my favorite things about this is he starts off with lawyer shit i love this so much man he walks in the room and tells a joke about he couldn't find parking even though he's blind yes (laughs) yes absolutely and it's such a comforting way to enter an episode with matt murdoch is like of course he'd make a joke like that it, it, it really fit him but then to go on and for him and jen to 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 go back and forth <laughs> on you, you know just just the the lawyer procedure the the what's happening in in, in the courtroom it was great it was literally what I was looking for, <laughs> I was like, man, I really hope they do some crazy lawyer shit. And they and they did in the first minutes. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really like that aspect of him to come in here and to, to really make um, an impact, not in She-Hulk's life first, right? In Jen's life first. Like, we, we knew Matt Murdock before we knew Daredevil. That's how the TV show works. And that's kind of how they reintroduce him here. It's like, no, nah, this dude is still a lawyer. He's a really good lawyer at that. And so I love that they they, they, they they took the time to do that. I thought that was really dope. Not only that, man, but he is just something about the the, the chemistry that Matt Murdock and Tatiana Maslany, they had. I mean, it's throughout the whole episode, of course. But even, again, in that courtroom, he was like, what the heck is going on here? Like, it's it's. I don't know how they're flirting through lawyer, <laughs> lawyer talk in the middle of a courtroom, but it, it felt like they were doing it. Um, and, and, and I think that was uh, uh, also pivotal to this. I think Tatiana Maslany is doing such a good job for sure. And then you, you tack on somebody like Charlie Cox, man, who is just really good actors. And so it makes it kind of makes everything easier, I think, especially when Charlie Cox had been playing this character so long. I think you could tell he was comfortable when he stepped back into the role, too. Even the couple seconds we did get in No Way Home, he was like, yeah, this dude knows exactly what he's doing. And then it, we, he comes in the courtroom here, and he's like, 
did you leave <laughs> are you sure you left marvel at all um in and what's also interesting is that the the way they handled them is it's very obvious that they kept the three seasons of netflix right like there's so many hints in here that's like oh no I, he got a new suit he's as strong as he was he's just i don't know if it, it, it feels like those three seasons of netflix didn't go anywhere you know it feels like we we yeah, we're back in a place to be like, oh, okay, born again in my mind is season four of Daredevil. Whenever it comes out, you know, they they didn't do anything to really take away from that. And you know, we were worried after watching how Kingpin Wilson Fisk was handled in Hawkeye. We were worried about that, but then we move kind of into the territory of okay, is 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 he going to feel like that? Is Matt Murdock going to feel like that? Is Daredevil going to feel like this weird? version <laughs> of 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 himself but he didn't again he felt like netflix matt murdoch all again so i think they did a tremendous job um being able to to kind of integrate him here but it's not even just the story itself it's the acting it's the you know it's several diff- different factors that went into why this felt so good um and, and i'm glad <laughs> to to be saying this because I'm, I'm sure we we're all worried right that's one of the part of the anticipation with seeing this character was we don't we have no idea how he's going to turn out um and yeah I'm, I'm just glad to see that that we're here and it felt good man um so yeah i definitely have uh thoughts and questions that i want to i want to return to about continuity for sure but just to briefly add on to everything you said i mean charlie cox incredible he just has to be applauded for owning this role he 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 steps into it so easily every single time and though it's been four years really since he's portrayed this role in a meaningful way you you would never know you would really never know is the way that he's able to just so effortlessly fall back into this particular role that that he that he just absolutely is a master at and i i loved everything he did, did in this episode and i loved how different it also felt because while it felt familiar, like it felt like the daredevil that we knew from those Netflix seasons, it also still felt slightly, slightly altered. It is, it is a lighter tone. You know, he, he's much more comedic in this episode than we've noticeably seen him in the past. It's not like he never told a joke in the Netflix series. Like there were a couple of occasions. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But clearly more brooding and moody depiction in those series as compared to here. I think, eschewing closer to the MCU tone that we're used to, you know, the more the more lighthearted, comedic, quippy, back and forth nature of the conversations that happen. And so it worked mm-hmm. perfectly for what this series has been thus far. And then also just the relationship that he did have to establish with Jennifer Walters in this particular episode and just the the really on top of their words nature of, of, of what lawyers have to be in this series. And I also I really love this because I, I've spoken about this a few weeks in the show, like there have been a lot of asshole prick men that have come across in She-Hulk, which is mm-hmm. totally fine because very reflective and true of real life. But I did mention that I wanted to see at some point I did want to see some capable men or at least some men that were working on themselves. Last week's mm. episode, we got the whole therapy session where those guys were absolutely fucked, but they were at least trying to get better <laughs> and improve their lives. Yeah. And I appreciated that. And now this week, listen, you have to look at all these weird marvel fanboys they're really low-key just misogynists who've just trashed this show because of the fact that it's like Mm -hmm. she hulk instead of incredible hulk and you have to say like well uh guys matt murdoch low-key got the best of jennifer walters in this situation in terms of the courtroom stuff like he put Mm. her on game he was clearly the more experienced lawyer he came in more prepared and i think that that's fine because that's actually reflective of 
his character as we've known him. Mm -hmm. He is not only a more experienced lawyer, but he's also just a more experienced hero in the MCU. And they fought. We'll talk about the fight. And he likely would, I think we can say he kind of lost. And it is a Hulk at the end of the day. But just being able to navigate the situation, the guy has more experience at those particular types of scenarios than maybe Jennifer does. And so here's a capable guy coming into the series. And so I think like, that's also like a nice, cool thing that, yeah, it took a superhero for it to be the case, but that's mm-hmm. also fine because it's like it's Matt Murdock. It's Daredevil. He's he's better than most most people because he's physically on top of his game. Lawyer wise, he's a fucking beast like he can do those things. So I really enjoyed that. I do want to talk about the the tone, though, because not everybody's happy with this. Not everybody's happy that like <laughs> Charlie Cox is back in this particular fashion. There are some people out there who have noticeably said, hey, this is not my Daredevil. This this is a different guy. This tone is not like the mm-hmm. Netflix series. I mean, there's always going to be detractors, you know, if it's not the exact right. same thing that we've gotten before. I mean, how do you see it? You know, how do you see the fact that this is just a completely different tone, I think, than that character that we saw years and years ago and the fact that they made some they made some changes and some adaptations not only physically we saw that there's a different suit but also just in terms of the characterization of matt murdoch that he is a bit more of a lighthearted guy as opposed to what we've seen in the past you know there's a there's a couple things there where i don't even i'm not even sure we completely have the picture of his tone yet right i think part of this being a huge cameo for him is cameos usually fit the bill of that wherever they are right the thing that they appear in and she hulk has been <laughs> kind of a lighthearted show i'm not gonna tell you there's no darkness in the show but you know for the most part a, 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 a pretty lighthearted show there's a lot of jokes right it's very mcu-ish but very different format than we're used to and i think in coming into that charlie cox just had to fit that a little bit right we don't we have no idea what born again is going to be so i feel like people are kind of jumping the gun a little bit in terms of, I mean, because that's literally how it works, right? If you watch, I don't know, this, it, the MCU even has what, different tones in their movies. Of course, the overarching tone is very similar, right? But Ant-Man being in Ant-Man is going to look different versus Ant-Man being in Civil War. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's slightly different. All of a sudden, he's big and fighting niggas he should probably be on the same team with. Like, I don't know. There are there are just things that, 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 uh, uh, call for adaption and I think here he adapted to She-Hulk um, Born Again could very well be like oh we're we may not be back in Netflix territory but we got back to some <laughs> to some dark shit Born Again is a dark story y'all. like them saying Born Again in my mind is like look y'all there's some darkness coming to the MCU like <laughs> they're like telling us ahead of time and I think yeah I don't, I'm not sure people are recognizing that people just wanted season two matt murdoch instantly they wanted you know they wanted the darkness they wanted all black he don't got a suit he got on some random beanie headband thing <laughs> instantly <laughs> like you know what i'm saying the like i feel like shit. that's what they wanted the homemade shit i'm like that's what you want um but uh, uh at, at the same it's like they i also feel like some people are throwing away if again if we're if we're talking about this is first three seasons of daredevil might be canon maybe there's growth (laughs) maybe he's not in a dark place right now you know what i mean Mm. maybe he's just i don't know pick up on it people pick up on it he has a new suit for a reason he's that there's just things that are happening and so there's a lot of different reasons i think in which 
he he had to fit here. And even then, he was still whooping ass in the hallway. That was hella daredevil to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a hallway. One blind man versus five goons. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's daredevil. Um, it, it may not be the yeah again all the, the the tone might not be exactly the same but they're they're given hints as to what to might potentially come so uh those people i think just need to calm down a little bit <laughs> we're not going to act like daredevil in the comics was like always you know what i mean always doing this stuff right this is like kind of unrelated but there's like this random timeline or this random thing happens where like Black Panther has to, like, take over Hell's Kitchen for Daredevil. It's comic books. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, like, weird shit that happens. And so it just it's okay <laughs> that he's here and having to fit this tone. And I just wish we thought about it. People thought about it a little bit more before they're like, this is not my Daredevil. I don't know what's going on. Like, no. Pay attention, man. That's all you got to do. Yeah, certainly. Uh, there was a, a user on Twitter, at one young Alex. Somebody had said, hashtag not my daredevil, and he quote tweeted and said, daredevil has sex and motherfuckers say not my daredevil. Yeah, I wonder why. I thought that that was really, really funny. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's yet to be established what his tone is exactly, because it exactly. is such a short appearance. Like, we don't actually know this particular depiction in this isolated 35 minute episode is just one view and one angle of it and listen if you really think about it let's just let's just think about it in this in this way he's not in new york he goes to la Mm -hmm. to go pick up these new suits i mean how many of us when we go on a quick trip or we go on vacation we go to a new city i mean you're kind of leaving all your problems at home behind you're not thinking about the shit Mm -hmm. back at home you know what i'm saying like you go you go (laughs) elsewhere it's like vacation and so you're acting different you might be a little bit lighter Mm -hmm. on your feet you're a little bit happier like oh i'm you know i'm not gonna check my email i'm not gonna check my phone i'm gonna just kind of disconnect that just might have been what the case was for matt murdoch he felt like this was like a little mini vacation he was working Mm -hmm. no doubt but it's a nice little getaway from what he's used to in hell's kitchen so that's kind of how I see it as like an in-story reason where it's like he's yeah. going somewhere different. Nobody really knows who he is. He can meet a couple of new people. He got some he got some cheeks on the first night he was there. It was all good. It was a good <laughs> little trip for him. And so I'd be happy, too. I'd be cracking jokes, too, because he's in L.A. It's nice and sunny. All of that stuff. So I think that they actually have a nice in-story reason for why yeah. he is so comedic and quippy in this particular in this particular fashion. And look, listen. We just also have to just think about it. As you said, I think you made a really good point there in the fact that characters will adapt into which the stories uh, that that are being told. You know, you're not always going to get a 100% consistent portrayal of any particular Mm -hmm. character. You know, you'll see like an Ant-Man, as you said, just a different nature. Like the way that we saw Ant-Man in Avengers Endgame at the beginning, really dark stuff when he goes and he's like the only survivor and he's looking for his daughter. That's incredibly Mm -hmm. dark and, and sad where we we don't see any of that sadness really in the AMA movies. It's it's kind of absent because those are more comedic. And so I think it's the same thing here. And, and and also like if this is in the same continuity as the Netflix shows, he kind of absolved himself of a lot of those demons from from the last mm-hmm. time that we saw him. He defeated Kingpin. You know, all of that stuff was kind of put put behind him. We know Kingpin is back, but we we, we should we should address the continuity because that's still the, the the lingering question. And I don't I don't anticipate we'll get clarity on this stuff really until daredevil board again or or around that time where we're when we're closer to that that series but charlie cox a few weeks ago uh did did you know start to briefly talk about that and and he said quote it is a season one it is not a season four so it is a whole new Mm -hmm. thing which i think is the way to go if you are going to do it again do it differently end quote 
speaking again about Daredevil Born Again. Now, this, in what we saw in She-Hulk, does feel like, to me, it does feel like what we saw in the Netflix series, just to reiterate, a bit of a lighter tone. But a lot of the same things are there. A lot of the same things that we're used to seeing out of him and the way that he depicts the character. It doesn't feel alien or, or entirely new. In addition to that, this is the multiverse saga. That, that is known mm. now that we are in the multiverse saga. So could this perhaps be a very similar parallel version of that character? Not the same exact Netflix, you know, depiction, but maybe a parallel version that has a lot of same qualities, just slightly different. I mean, what what do you think about it? it? It's entirely too early to really tell, but I guess if you just had to like kind of put your finger on what you think might be happening here, what would you say? Do you feel like that this is straight up they're picking up from where we left off with that character in the Marvel Netflix series, or or is there potential that this could be somewhat of a slightly altered version of that same character who also just maintains and, and, and has a lot of those similar characteristics. You know, right right now in the moment, it really feels like there's some crossed wires that probably won't be answered until Born Again comes out. Because um, even, you know, when when we did get that that interview with, 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 with Kevin Feige, and he's, you know, he does talk about a season one, and then you watch this episode, and you're like, but he's so similar. <laughs> Even if there was, you know, like you said, multiverse saga and he was a variant, he kept saying things about himself that was very much Netflix. We do pro bono work. We, I don't know. There's just a lot of things that he was adding to his story that felt very much like the Matt Murdock that we know in the Netflix series. It could even be Kevin Feige was speaking to the energy of things, you know, like we got to we got to kind of put Netflix behind, even though it's it may be semi-canon, but this is still season one of Daredevil Born Again. <laughs> you know, I don't we, we really don't know. Um, and that's something that we're going to have to, I think, wait and see completely just because the way these these timelines seem to work and all of that in the way in which we know he's going to be an echo and people are. I don't know. We we just have to figure out where this guy exactly lands um also plans can shift i think that's a thing too right kevin feige could have been like you know i think we can throw a couple things there that makes netflix canon <laughs> you know what i'm saying i think we can and, and that, that could be true here we don't know but i think the, the the little things that we did get i think is really just showing us that no matter what he's not trying to take matt murdoch's daredevil away from us and i think that's like even more important is <laughs> like i mean netflix can't exist netflix might not exist but we're getting more Daredevil and in the same vein that it's still Charlie Cox. He's still going to have this suit on. The suit is the suit is MCU. I mean, Netflix accurate as hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The colors are different. That's really the only difference. And so there's a lot of things. Um, yeah. That just feel like we have to still figure out. Yeah. I don't I don't I, I really don't know yet. Um, but I, I, I do like that moving forward that we'll be able to say, hey, um this 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 guy has come in on a fresh new take and whether that take has old Nef or has netflix in it or it doesn't i think we should be happy that it exists so yeah i don't know it's, it's something i think we're, we're, we're still figuring out yeah i mean ultimately i don't think it really matters if we're being really honest about mm -hmm. it I, I don't think it matters because if it's good if it's going to be good that that's kind of what it boils down to for me at least 
and those Netflix series will always exist, and we can always go back and watch them for what they are. They yes. happened, you know, they're there to stream on Disney Plus. But if this is just a different take and a new take, and it might be a different depiction of the character, then so be it. Those 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 Netflix versions were were a little bit more dramatic and more action oriented, whereas these. It's so far are, are a little bit more comedy, lighthearted oriented so far that that always can change. As you said, plans could shift. And in addition to that, I think that um, it's multiverse saga. That's the excuse, honestly. That's that's kind of how I see it. I think that we can always just say, hey, y'all, it's the multiverse. Don't forget, like, that's true. Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds just told us we're not touching Logan. That is what it is. Mm-hmm. That is not going to change. So if Deadpool 3 comes around and Wolverine is just a multiversal variant, then so be it. That's That doesn't mean it's going to be less than. That doesn't mean that it's not going to be great. Like, it's still Hugh Jackman at the end of the day. Right. I think it's a very same, you know, sort of situation here with Charlie Cox. Like, it could literally just be a variant. And I think that that's probably what's going to end up happening mm-hmm. here. Multiverse Saga is not an accident. This is all very much by design. The only thing that that's, you know, kind of been alarming thus far has been the Kingpin adaptation. Because what I did see in Hawkeye was... Ooh. That was that was a little bit jarring. I, I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around that particular version of what we saw thus far because Vincent D'Onofrio in the Netflix series was just so violent and uncontrollable and you, you just never knew what was gonna happen when you were around him. Whereas in the Hawkeye series, I just didn't get that same feeling and vibe. So mm-hmm. I think that there's still some work to do there, still some changes to possibly make and hopefully Echo can really, really, you know, sort of establish those those new tones that make us feel a little, a little bit more comfortable. But so far, I, I think it's just multiverse. Will they go deep into it and explain it? Maybe not. They, they probably don't have to. That that could be Secret War stuff. That can be Kang Dynasty stuff. Easy. Where all these people are in the movie at the same time and we start to see like, oh, okay. So it's not the exact same Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. It's just like a slightly different variant of it. Fine. Cool. That's 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 literally what the nature of comic books are. You just go there and explain it and use that device and mechanism to, to sort of explore that and now you have a, a reasonable explanation as to why the people are the way that they are we'll circle back to daredevil but we should talk a little bit about the other aspect of this particular episode really the story that drives it which is in a new character um, that's introduced into the mcu called leapfrog who is uh <laughs> kind of this knockoff another knockoff superhero that were introduced here another just guy on the street who happens to have a costume really and this guy ends up getting his costume made by Luke Jacobson, who we know has been making many costumes for a lot of superheroes within the world of L.A., at least thus far. He made costumes for Jennifer to allow her suits to adapt to her different body types. But Leapfrog is now seeking legal recourse against Luke Jacobson because he thinks that his suit is faulty by design because of a mistake that Luke Jacobson actually made. We we ultimately find out he's lying because he used jet fuel to try to create some rockets on his boots, just some weird shit that he shouldn't have been doing to begin with, but just a crazy odd character here, <laughs> which is uh, another one from the comics. This yeah. is not just like a random guy that they decided to make up. Leapfrog is totally in the comics, but I would say matches the tone of She-Hulk through and through because of the silly, ridiculous nature of who he is. What were your thoughts just, you know, about having Leapfrog here be another one of these zany, weird d-list characters that that was introduced in the show what's crazy is how wacky this character is 
he actually first shows up in Daredevil. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like in the comics, he shows. This is Tied the guy. It all together. <laughs> this is the guy showed up in Daredevil. Uh, man, what a wild, wild guy, man. Uh, his name was Frogman at first too, which is man. Sometimes comics, y'all be like, "What exactly were y'all doing?" <laughs> like <laughs> just Frogman. That's what you had. Frog. That was they were taking drugs. That's what they were doing. <laughs> that's what was in your head, Stanley. Stanley was like, you know, <laughs> Frogman. That's it. <laughs> that's exactly what we're gonna do. Um, uh, it's funny because when I hear when I actually hear Frogman, I always think of like Toad from X Men because he's like he's just so different. I don't know. Toad is like cooler, I guess, definitely than this guy who is obviously obviously a jackass. But like at least Toad has like actual frog things about him. This guy and this just likes the persona of a frog it's really funny when he's talking to the goons he's like what do you guys think about leap team i was like what is that's a terrible <laughs> name like what are you talking about he's like yeah what about what about what do you think about toxic darts and i was like do you realize this is like one of the worst personas ever what was the catchphrase rip it rip it rip it and run it i forgot what the catchphrase was rip it and rip it rip it oh, oh my goodness man it was so cringy shitty the entire really time but it it was so funny though because you knew it was shitty on purpose um and, and the guy is like absolutely and most definitely a douchebag which is helps everything out but what a what a funny character i think to bring in to 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 really get things jumping i think i love how matt murdoch smelled that that he was using jet fuel too that's just another one of those things it's like yep those are things that he can do, <laughs> and it it, it, it kind of uh, slightly off topic, but in in that same vein, it's crazy that like Jennifer Walters says she has powers versus like Daredevil. I don't know. He was she was like, but I have superpowers here, and I'm like, is it, what he do not considered a superpower? I don't know. I, that's a different conversation for another day. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a different conversation for another day. But it's 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 funny to to bring in this character that has absolutely. You said it, you've been saying it for a lot of episodes, but really part of this show was like to expose douchebag men, mostly white, <laughs> majority, majority <laughs> white and majority sure. white rich men. Um, and, and I think it's interesting to see the ridiculousness that they exhibit, right? The privilege that they get, the dumb things that they do when they have money. I think it was really important, again, for this, this, this is kind of related but the conversation they have about goons versus henchmen goons were there for the paycheck henchmen actually believe in the cause and they kept calling them goons they weren't there for there's no cause (laughs) what is this nigga about they're just goons like you said they're just there for the paycheck like this dude really has no idea what he has going on he's just a rich kid he's bored and he wants to go fight people at nighttime in a frog costume as weird as that is it makes for a strangely a compelling story um between you know to to give us an excuse to kind of merge these two heroes um and, and and so yeah it's it's just interesting that they gave us this guy but it was it was it was funny man i, I really enjoyed it just because how ridiculous he was yeah i mean that that to, to your point there that's kind of like some of what the show has been examining what makes a hero right and and anybody could spend money get a suit you know do some you know weird tech stuff to it to make it super powered or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. versus another individual who reluctantly has to end up in that role and that's been a lot of jennifer's journey thus far as the fact that she has not wanted to have this life she didn't want to live a superhero life this was all accidental Mm -hmm. but now she's had to adapt to many situations and she's also just been the victim of a lot of 
terrible shit. And and we saw even more of that happen at the end of this episode. But she is like embracing the identity of being a hero. She is showing up in these situations. We even see her like come home. She's like super tired and doesn't want to do anything. She probably just wants to take a nice shower, lay up, eat some ice cream. But then she immediately gets a call because she has to go rescue and save Luke once he gets kidnapped by Leapfrog. You know, so that's just like I love that we can see her just like being like, oh, okay, I guess I'll show up and help out. Like, I, I guess so. Versus like, yeah, like you said, this this rich kid who's just bored and wants to do stuff for, for the sake of, of having money and being able to do it mm-hmm. and, and just showing it off in that way. I loved I loved also the introduction of Leapfrog in this episode because like in the opening frame, it's basically a quick action sequence. And you see him zip by the camera super fast in his suit. <laughs> And they did that on purpose because it low-key looks like Daredevil if you look too quickly because yeah. he has the yellow in his suit. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was a nice fake out that they added that in there. And you see like, oh, no, it's just like this idiot who's <laughs> wearing the suit of a frog and he has jet fuel in his boots. Um, but that, that that stuff was really good there. I, I liked what they did with this character. And also, we got the return of Luke Jacobson, the drip broker, the guy who makes all these costumes, who I thought was a really pleasant introduction that we got a few weeks ago. That also led to the first tease of daredevil because we found out that he was making making the new daredevil suit and we saw him come back he is also sort of caught in the middle of this because he's being accused of making the faulty suit and jennifer has to represent against him that's a conflict of interest but now they've like signed paperwork so that they can just kind of throw that out but his role here though although like admittedly small has bigger repercussions i think as a whole it, it allows matt murdoch to come to la to pick up this new suit He's also responsible for the case of the weak nature of it. And then also, you know, it, it affects his relationship with Jennifer. So I think we, we we alluded to it a few weeks ago, like that that element of world building and how mm-hmm. deep this could truly run. I, I think I think I think this character, Luke Jacobson, could be really, really cool to keep around for a long time. I don't know what the plans are in the future, but I'd love to see more of them in this capacity. And once again, it just goes to show the guy doesn't really play favorites like he made this suit for leapfrog and leapfrog isn't really heroic he's kind Mm, of a prick and he's not asking those questions he's just making a suit for a guy that's Mm -hmm. paying him money but we see like it ends up in the wrong hands to be it's used irresponsibly all of that stuff i just like sort of towing that line like luke doesn't seem like a bad guy but he's a guy that's about his art and his craft at the end of the day it doesn't really matter what it's for Mm -hmm. and he's exceptional at it so the fact that it's being questioned by jennifer or anybody else like he's notably noticeably like the fuck y'all got me fucked up i don't make (laughs) i don't make stuff that doesn't work that's not that's not my brand like i'm I'm dope at what i do but i just like i just liked how they they included him here and sort of put him in the middle and then ultimately it is resolved and like he's going to do the favor for jennifer again in the future but that stuff was really cool to me yeah it's 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 kind of crazy when you watch it and you just realize there's like a (laughs) she-hulk a daredevil and a leapfrog like if somebody (laughs) told me they were why i didn't know anything about marvel and that's what i was saying i'd be like oh that's why people think we're crazy or like that's why people separate themselves from nerds because what are we talking about exactly um but yeah no that 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 all that stuff is 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 absolutely fun man and and given that just again the 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 rich guy stuff is such a i think important part of this show and the privilege of white men we we haven't really hammered it yet but i think we're coming into that with with the intelligentsia stuff you know i think this will be the icing on the cake of like look everyone this is the, the ridiculousness we're talking about with this show especially when it comes to the 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 commentary We'll talk. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the um, stuff at the end, but the whole ending was. It was more than the intelligentsia stuff. It was like 
the female lawyer stuff that, that really oh, all yeah. of it you know what i mean like, like it was so much commentary in it. and i was like yeah that's what that's what the show is about yeah. and we're finally getting back to it so yeah a lot of that stuff is it's, it's it's coming into play and i'm glad that we're just continuing to hammer the nail on the head like look y'all this is what we're talking about and i'm like okay this is what the show people like people kept saying uh, this show isn't about anything. Jennifer Walters doesn't have any arcs. She's a boring character. She doesn't have any problems. I'm like, okay, watch episode eight now, and let's see if you have those same feelings. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it wonderfully ties into everything we've seen before, because even though these have been, like, standalone episodes, like Case of the Week situations, like, I, somehow they were able to thread all this together, mm-hmm. I think meaningfully in this episode, because they've been, like, adding small breadcrumbs along the way to keep us invested in that particular story, but... I mean, so far, just the the weird motley crew of people that have come across here. Like Donnie Blaze was a character. Mm. We we got Leapfrog this week. The 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 light elf from Asgard, Wrecking Crew. We got people like Thunderball and Wrecker, Mister Immortal, <laughs> Manbull, El Aguila. Like it's just like what the what are we doing here? This is kind of Crazy. it's so fun though. I'm just glad that we have like a we have a space to where we can just like take these people that we don't take seriously at all and just like plop them in this world and yes most of them suck most of them are asshole rich douchebags privileged privileged assholes or, wh- or whatever the case may be but they ultimately service the story in, in a cool way let's talk about this action though because this was a big action week mm-hmm. i know you and i as we were talking last week as we were speculating about the introduction of daredevil one of the places of concern that i i had was well what about this choreography though because so mm-hmm. far it hasn't been that great and I'm proud and happy to say that they absolutely delivered in this week's episode. It it felt like, I mean, Jesus Christ, whoever put this together, they they deserve every flower that they get because the action in this week's episode I thought was was pretty tremendous in the mm-hmm. way that they handled it. Not only did we get a fight between She-Hulk and Daredevil, but we also, as you mentioned earlier, got an iconic hallway fight with Daredevil front center. I mean, you know when Daredevil pops up in a hallway with monochromatic lighting it's somebody's ass it's gonna be it's gonna be (laughs) window to the wall ass whooping Mm -hmm. and it was beautiful let's start with the daredevil and she-hulk fight because i thought that that was that was an interesting display of both of their powers we we got to see she-hulk wear her traditional comic accurate outfit for the first time the one that luke designed for we also see daredevil in his brand new suit they're going at it at a parking garage uh because they are both you know sort of there for the same reason but they don't realize it because they don't know who each other is mm-hmm. in, in particular at that moment yet but i thought it was a good fight i thought it was really good like you can see she hulk utilize her power daredevil acrobatic as fuck yeah, you know he, he's what I, I think he's way more acrobatic here than he was in the netflix series yep. like the way that he the way that he went down that parking garage was kind of crazy, crazy. Like, oh he's he's picked up some skills over mm-hmm. the years that, that we've seen him <laughs> uh what were your thoughts on just like the fight between those two yeah man it was it was tremendous fun like you said i one of the things I like, I really like about Daredevil is just his parkour, man. I think that goes so underrated. I mean, it's, it's just a blind dude jumping off shit. I know, but it's great because <laughs> it just looks really good. It looks cool, um, and, and, and it fits his character. Uh, I really like that fight, though. Like you said, it's a very important aspects of their powers, like of She-Hulk's throwing cars. She-Hulk did the clap at him. I was like, yes, <laughs> things are coming, <laughs> coming back. Like she, she because she hasn't fought a ton but she knows that clap move that she learned from her cousin you know what i'm saying it's like yeah of course she would do that also of course she would throw this nice ass car <laughs> at this guy she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't care about that car um but i also love how it's accurate where 
it, it makes sense for Matt Murdock not to know that air is coming at him, right? If he's an echolocation guy, he goes mm. off sound. The clap would obviously be an effective technique against them. Of course he couldn't dodge that. I'm like, yeah, that's yes, that adds up. That's exactly what I'm what I'm what I'm talking about, man. So that was that was definitely a fun fight. It was short still. It was short, but I think even in that short amount of time, it did what it needed to do. Um and so yeah, I I appreciate it. I like how she also just like rips his mask off. How often <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen somebody's mask just give first of all we don't have that many masked characters anyway but like right. to see just like who are you instantly is like it, it made me a little nervous i don't know why like i know like <laughs> but i was like no you're taking daredevil's helmet off it felt crazy to me like i don't know like i can imagine other caped heroes who might get their mask taken off whether it's batman or spider-man you just i don't know it's, it's a little bit of anxiousness when it comes to taking off masks with those certain characters um which is another thing we have to talk about i think the sokovia accord line was kind of crazy um but yeah that that was that was some uh some dope stuff man yeah I mean, you know villains fighting it's amazing how many of them don't go for the mask they just like keep fighting but it's like here she hulks like, no, I'm trying to see who this is. Like, she just immediately takes it off and, like, has no problem doing so. But, yeah, I, I love this fight. I thought it was great. It's also really cool, you know, I think you said something earlier in the fact that she hasn't, like, fought a ton, which, when when you think about it, makes a lot of sense. Because she hasn't fought a ton, she also hasn't fought really anybody formidable that's allowed her to showcase mm. her abilities and her strength. Really, the only guy has been Bruce, her cousin, and we saw a lot of that in the first episode. But she was still learning her powers. She was still trying to figure out what she's capable of. Now, weeks and weeks later, here's Daredevil, very much capable. If you slip and allow him to get get an upper hand on you, it's going to be your ass. So she actually has to, like, really flex her muscles and use her powers. And so I like the fact that she started to pull out these different techniques to, to get the upper hand here. But the second fight, um, uh, again, allowing us to really really see the expertise of daredevil in the show he as they have that conversation about the goons versus the henchmen he he devises a plan in order to in order to get into the layer of leapfrog and, and and you know sort of rescue luke jacobson but along the way we get these helpless just these poor helpless goons they they don't know what they're in for we know what they're in for because we see that blue lighting we see a hallway a very narrow <laughs> hallway and it's brick wall and we know what's coming here because we've seen it before and just kudos to them for knowing and, and reading the room and knowing like, oh, yeah, this is the way we want to see him back. Like, just show us that. Yeah. And we know where we're at. We know what character this is because, <laughs> I mean, there's at least like, what, three or four iconic hallway fights in that Daredevil there's Netflix show. Including I mean, the, the, the Punisher one scene. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. The one in season one is like the most famous one because yep. it was just like 10 minutes of just nonstop uh, one shot. My guy's like what out of show. breath. He's tired. It's just, it's incredible. You have to see it. What There's show. also another crazy one from season two, like a stairwell fight yep. Um, that he's just like going down a stairwell. Like you said, the Punisher has a couple. So they they knew what they were doing here. And it's great. You know, they don't give us too much though. They, they pull back, I think, at the moment that they needed to. They held mm -hmm. off just a little bit because as another set of goons come in, She-Hulk just like drops through the ceiling and she's like, she Hulk smash and she just ends it right there. So I think that they pull back at the right moment to save a little bit of that flavor mm -hmm. for Daredevil Born Again. But again, nice, nice scene and a nice way to just like show us how capable, how acrobatic and how athletic Matt Murdock and Daredevil is. Yo, the first nigga that gets hit with a baton got hit so 
fucking hard. I don't think y'all understand. I rewound it like five times, y'all. Go back and watch it and look how hard that dude gets hit. It is so funny, bro. Like the noise is crazy. I'm not sure he was alive after that. Or if if I don't even know if the guys are alive after Jen breaks in with like the rubble and stuff, because that was decent amount of rubble, I think. But just listen to the way that the first dude gets hit. He's not okay. <laughs> like, he 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 definitely got messed up differently than the other guys. He, like, legit got one shot. I'm done here. Kind of. I, I don't even know how he threw the baton so hard, bro, from that angle. Like, it's kind of crazy when you watch it. Um, no, that was, it, it was really crazy, though. But I love, I really love, again, even the moments leading up to it where he's like, you don't do this. And I was like, you're right. She doesn't do this. I think <laughs> Exactly. Such an important part of this episode, I think, is Matt Murdock talking to Jen about how she can use both sides for the greater good. And she hasn't really seen She-Hulk as that yet. She's always seen Jen as that, right? She's always seen the lawyer as being the good on that side. But she, she hasn't figured out She-Hulk yet. That's part of her journey in the show. And so I love how even in my mind it's like her first thing right this is like her first op and it happens to be with daredevil and daredevil's like just follow my lead you haven't done this They're like oh have you fought goons in a warehouse before she's like no but i have superpowers <laughs> you know kind of type thing and so i i, I love the moment leading up to it because then when you do get in the hallway it's like oh shit my boy is about to do his job as he said he would after he flipped off the the, the 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 freaking roof of the building, my boy Daredevil was here in this hallway, and so I I just lo- I, I will always love hallway scenes. Anything I think one of the coolest thing that Daredevil has that a lot of the a lot of the other characters in the MCU don't have really yet is the martial arts in him. Right, we don't have a lot of those people that do have the hand to hand combaty stuff yet. Right now we have we have a lot of good fighters and magic and stuff like low key Captain America is probably one of the better hand-to-hand combat guys you know what i mean like yeah. but this this guy is like man he trained with stick <laughs> you know what i'm saying he this dude this is this is the guy who's gonna who's gonna whip your ass with, with his hands and hands only um and so yeah I, I really love that they brought that back here like i love that they pulled back like you said and i felt that they would i was like yeah here comes jen i felt it i was like they're not gonna give us this whole thing but they gave us exactly what we needed um and, and and i really appreciate that because it's like there's always balance and that was like the balance for me i was like yes this that was the moment where it was like this is still she hulk <laughs> and i was like oh that's really cool i love that they made that statement because you know that that that's exactly what um it's supposed to be so yeah that cool cool stuff they did a good job yeah excellent point it, it, it's still her show you know so you still have to make sure like oh let's not forget this isn't this isn't born again it's not 2024 it's still her show um but it, it certainly removed any caution and concern i had about fight choreography for his character in the mcu i, I was a little nervous about that they, they've done it excellently excellently before as you said like stuff that they've done with black panther and captain america there, there's been a lot of great hand-to-hand combat but it's 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 often it, it's often you know sort of circling around visual effects territory in which a lot of these fights occupy it's big visual effects spectacles where it's it's rare to get real true gritty choreography fight choreography Mm -hmm. that i think we're used to seeing in like more grounded action movies but the stuff they did here it, it removed a lot of that caution so i'm excited to see what's in store for him in the mcu but as we round out this episode and approach the end we do get like some romanticism as well we see daredevil and 
Jennifer, actually, they really hit it off. We we start to see this, the, the seeds planted earlier in the episode when they are at the bar after the case. Mm-hmm. He buys her a drink. As you said, they start to have that conversation about, you know, what, what Jennifer can do as, as the lawyer, but also as the superhero. A lot of relatability that you can feel between these two characters. They have a lot in common, even though it doesn't appear to be that way. And I just love the fact that Jennifer just had the energy of like, you know what? I've been through enough. We just going to skip the whole gentle, <laughs> gentleman thing to do. We're going to skip all the chivalrous things to do. Let's just get to the shit. And she's like, yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. And I just love that. And they just went and they they fucked. Bottom line, that's what yep. that's what went down and they just got to it. He wasn't there for a long time. I mean, listen, that's some boss ass shit cuz they both wanted that. And so I just love the fact that like mm-hmm. they're constantly going back to the fact that like Yes, yo, these characters have sex. They're romantic. <laughs> look, they, everyone. They have, they have, they look like it's, it's a thing. Like, yes, okay, it's Disney Plus. We know the MCU hasn't always gone there, but this show is totally just showcasing that. And I just love the fact that they leaned into it. And it's also the first time, really, that Jennifer's had this type of scenario happen where it hasn't backfired because mm. we've seen her enter and expose herself and be vulnerable. And it's always been a situation that's come back to bite her in the ass, whether it was with the first guy who ultimately only only wanted her for She-Hulk or Josh, who mm-hmm. clearly just stole her blood. But now, like, the fact that she just, like, kind of got to the point and finally just met somebody who she could just, you know, entrust in that type of particular scenario, like, it just worked out in that way. So it was all good stuff. And it was it was great to see that they can just, you know, have that fun and just, you know, not not really place any more weight behind it than 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 need than need to be in that particular situation. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's a it's 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 just really good to see, like you said, the these very human and, and obvious things come to light in the MCU, man. Especially with like again, two bachelor and bachelorette characters. <laughs> you know what I mean? A night out on the town. The, the tension is clearly high, especially, I mean, the moment those freaking, that one minute when they're on that roof, man, and he's listening to her heartbeat was crazy. I was like, oh. I was like, do y'all feel this? This is like, that was great chemistry. It's so much chemistry is like making me nervous. Like, should I be looking at this? <laughs> like that was, and what's great. That was like the, without anything in the show that has to do with sex or anything that has to do with sex, that was like the sexiest thing we had ever seen in the MCU, yeah. low-key. I was like, this is steamy. And I, I also love just the, the the fourth wall break moments where she's like, okay, yeah, I'm really feeling this guy. Or like, this guy's really doing it for me. And I was like, yeah, like, I get it. Like, I get why you, this dude is crazy. Matt Murdock is crazy. And we've always known that. I think that's one really cool thing also about this episode. We know Daredevil as an audience. But Jen, this is her first time ever meeting this guy. So she meets the lawyer first and is like, who the hell is this asshole who's who's going crazy in the courtroom? And then they have a meaningful conversation at the bar. And then she finds out he's Daredevil. Like, oh, you're a superhero too? It's really interesting. Like, you have many things, meaningful things to say. You're you're freaking fighting. You're blind dude that fights crime. And you're a crazy good lawyer. Jen is probably like, this is the best date I've never been on. They didn't have to go on a date. <laughs> Their night on the town was the date. Them fighting goons right. in a warehouse was the date. So of course they have off this 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 built up angst <laughs> in, in 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 uh you know sexual chemistry they want to get out at the end of the night. I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it made sense even before he entered this episode. I think we even talked about like maybe they end up, you know, they go on, they end up on a date or something. And that's kind of similar to what we got here. And I'm glad, um yeah, I'm just really glad they went this direction because it makes sense for the show as 
a show that constantly this woman was dating people. And you brought up earlier that uh, she kept dating terrible guys who only only wanted She-Hulk. And literally Matt Murdock comes in here and is like, you can do good with both. And even though he didn't say it uh, uh, very, you know, too outright, he, he was like, no, Jen is fucking great. And She-Hulk is fucking great. She never gets to hear that from men. And, and Charlie Cox comes in, Matt Murdock comes in and says that. And it's like, well, shit, there's a, you know, there's just a different perspective there from her. Um, and, and especially coming off the last episode in the therapy session she had, I'm sure that was like part two of kind of relief, right? It's one thing to like understand and, and love yourself in one way. And then when somebody else, I think, reassures you, it changes, you know, it makes, it makes things like, okay, I'm really good now. And so that's why she was ready to go. If I, I, I love it at all. Love the, the walk of shame, <laughs> which is now probably like one of the most iconic things ever <laughs> see you low-key because a walk of shame is cr- daredevil first of all he's in the daylight in his suit in in, in la in la <laughs> with his shoes off what <laughs> there's just so much there that was crazy but i i loved every bit of it man first of all the the, the shot of them in her apartment in her bedroom what they what they shoes and socks off that's how i knew they was getting they was going they was getting going i'm like oh we got a shot of they socks off that's how you know they about to get it in uh because you don't see that but yeah him doing that walk of shame was was priceless i'm like first of all my guy is walking in la like what that's, where are you that's going? also kind of crazy in, in his suit right in, bright bright and early in the morning but also you know look let's you know just assuming that this is like the same matt murdoch or daredevil from those netflix series Go back and watch those shows. My boy was a bit of a he was a bit of a smooth talker. Oh, yeah. He was a player. Mm-hmm. He 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 knew what he was doing. My, he 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 does not like game. He's actually quite <laughs> quite efficient at the game exactly. that he that he spits. And so I'm like, yeah, no, this this adds up. You know, he he totally would be able to bag her in that mm-hmm. night, and she was ready for it. She was totally ready for it, and I love that stuff. So it was all great. It was great to see. And so as we approach the end of this episode, it, it felt like it was the end. It felt like a, a really satisfying conclusion, but. Had a really eerie, ominous scene occur where the next morning Jennifer notices that we as an audience are still watching this, this episode. And she's like, yeah, why? Why are you still here? This this should be over. And I think I was also feeling the same way. I'm like, yeah, this low key should be over. Before we get to like the intelligentsia stuff, she made a couple of quick remarks talking to the audience that I thought were pretty clever she references and name drops red hulk in this show which many people have speculated like some sort of red hulk or whatever that might be she also talked about a tacked on action set piece and i felt like she had saw me i felt very seen (laughs) in that moment because we've often talked about these shows having these tacked on action set pieces at the very end of the series Mm -hmm. and i she read me she read me for filth in that moment um good (laughs) stuff i just thought really good writing there because they 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 hear us they hear the discourse but it led to a big sequence at the end. She goes to this gala where she's going to get the lawyer of the year, female lawyer of the year award at the Southern California Law Awards. And it turns out that everybody nominated got an award, which is also like weird as fuck, um, including Mallory Book. They're going down the line talking to all of the, the winners and the recipients of the award. The whole ceremony is interrupted by this broadcast feed from Intelligentsia which ultimately showcases footage of her having sex with Josh. So it turns out that Josh recorded that whole night that they had together, and it's displayed on this huge big screen, which, reasonably so, makes Jennifer fucking pissed. I mean, she absolutely gets 
irritated and irate and just goes on pretty much a rampage. She destroys the screen. She bursts through the wall. Like it's it's pure chaos at that moment. And I think everybody that was at the gala was was very shocked and surprised and also fearful. And we see even her best friend like say like no don't 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 do this Jennifer like calm down you know but this is kind of the first time we just finally see her unleash and get really really angry and she's had to suppress so many emotions and just bottle it up and just take it and just move on and save face and do her job again commentary about the female existence really in so many regards right and the fact that she's just had to to just live this lifestyle and and be a different person to an extent and not not now not allow her emotions to get the best of her but it's just too much now because she did nothing wrong she's a victim here and her whole personal life is on display in front of hundreds of people and so she i think reasonably so gets upset and angry but now people are going to view her in a particular light and also damage control comes in as well to to take control of the situation and, and ultimately subdue her um how did you react to just seeing this and just like the overall message that they were trying to send with this particular moment yeah, one small thing before I get into that. There was also one part where, you know, when Nikki comes in, she's like, oh, you had sex with the devil or whatever. Oh, the devil, that was you? She's like, yeah, this should be a, uh, yeah, I just thought that was funny. But there, there was a, a really quick moment where she came out with the, the makeup brushes like Wolverine. Hello? I was like. Oh, in between her fingers. Yeah. yeah cool. I was like, yeah, Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine is clearly around the corner. <laughs> I think that's really funny. <laughs> We've been making all these small, subtle references to to mutants. I think I just think it's cool. But man, what a moment at this at this gala, man! There's there's there was so much going on and so much to unpack, man. Where there's there's first of all there's the woman aspect thing. The fact that we have to have a, a whole gala that says. Not the best lawyer, but the best female lawyer, right? That's something that, like, it's a thing in real life that we constantly go through all the time. We 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 don't. Uh, sometimes I feel like it's it's okay to distinguish, right? If we're because both people need recognition, but then there's other times where it's like, if this is an all female, you know what I'm saying? If there's a if there's nothing but women in the room, why is female even on? the thing at all like why right, are we right. just saying the best lawyer you know or the or the and not only that but for for jen's name to be called thinking we're thinking she's the only recipient and he starts calling every other woman in the <laughs> room up to the stage i was like oh so we giving everybody the award it's like a it's like a, this weird thing where it's it's the the patriarchy feels like we have to reward everybody which means if you, it's like you make everyone feel special and then kind of no one does at the end of the day you know what i mean and it's like what is the real threshold here what's the real rubric in order for us to be giving out these awards to women it feels you know it feels it feels less than and that's not fair but then they get on stage they go down the line first of all i thought it was really funny where first he asked the question like what is it what is it like to be a female lawyer first of all it's ridiculous he said they do what what normal lawyers do, but backwards and in heels. What does that mean? Sway. What what does that mean? So I have I was like backwards. Am I missing something? <laughs> I have no idea. It's like he was looking for a catchphrase to make himself feel cool around the around the women, like backwards and in heels. I don't know, but the, I like how the first girl who is maybe Asian, white. I'm not sure what she was, but she, she was either Asian or white. Either way, both of those uh, demographics, I think, exist in in a very uh, uh, white gaze world, right? 
there's a lot of professional mm-hmm. Asian women who exist very much in a white gays world and white women clearly exist in that world. And she just goes, it's, I don't know. She gives the most normal answer you expect her to give. But then when it come to Mallory, she was like double the work, half the recognition. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's exactly what a black yeah. woman would say. Tell the truth. You know what I mean? And Jen is like, I'm just happy to be here. I've been through all this crazy <laughs> random shit. I'm going to say what's up to my parents. Um, or, or, or And I, I love that moment where, I don't know, her dad has a phone and he smiles. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is great. Because we kind of talked about earlier in the season how a lot of, she she has a, a, a dad figure in her life, right? And her, her dad and her mom are both around. And so I, I love that there was another moment for us to be like, hello, I have a dad, and he's supportive, and he's here recording me, and I'm going to thank them. I thought that was important. Another thing I thought that was important was um, it's a it's a small callback to uh, uh, the what you were talking about with her anger, right? After she goes crazy, after the sex tape is on screen, I was like, well, yeah. She, she literally has always said from the beginning she was great at controlling her anger. She women ha- or get kind of called in the street when uh they get mansplained to and they have to do it pretty much every day and if they don't they get called emotional or difficult and i was like this is the moment in which she's finally allowed to blow up and when we first hear her say that i think it was episode one the internet was like it was controversial for some reason i was like how do you you're devaluing her experience but then we come back here and now you have eight other episodes for you to be like, this is what she's gone through. This is why she blew up. It, it's almost like they knew that episode one was going to be controversial. And they were like, OK, watch what she goes through. And now we're here at episode eight. And, was, and that's the the result of that. I also think it's one thing really dark about this is it's a it's a whole sex tape on the screen. Skip whatever was going on with the mattress stuff on the screen and all of that. Her parents are now watching her sex tape. Isn't that the like the craziest Talk about people like keep talking about how dark this show wasn't. That's some crazy. It ain't lighthearted. I tell you that that this girl's um, um, sex tape is on screen. So I thought, man, just really crazy thing to talk about in this moment, especially after I talked about the movie Do Revenge, in which this is another. This girl's in high school, slightly different, but it's a man who exposed her sex tape for 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 himself, and it's kind of we're seeing that again here um, in, in 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 these moments of intelligentsia where. We don't know exactly what their motive is, right? Is it just to break down a black woman who's been in the, or not a black woman, but a woman who's been in the public eye? Is it is it to, is it something about Jen that they still need and they have to break her down in order to get it? You know what I mean? Clearly they want like her blood and stuff, but it's, 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 it's a lot, man, to take in and what men are willing to do at the at, at the the cost of women in order to get what they want and so there's just a lot in that last freaking like five minutes might have even been five minutes it wasn't that long but it said a ton man it, it was really um important but it was also well stated i think yeah it, it's also um you know it's kind of crazy because i think one of the things that i've noticed over the course of the series is the fact that they they and I said this earlier that they've like they they've spread these things out like in very small ways throughout the course of the show. Like it would be a line here and a line there, maybe a situation here, but it all coalesces into this really big moment, this really pivotal moment for Jennifer as a, Jennifer as a character. But one of those like small lines that I thought about in watching this was 
it might have been episode one when when Bruce was where was there, and I think it was, and he he told her, you know, like listen. You have to learn how to control your emotions because if people see you as a monster, that's all they'll ever see you as. Trust me, I know. And here is that exact situation that he was speaking mm-hmm. about. And 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 it again, he he's telling he's telling her that out of a place of love. He's not trying to control her. He's not trying to make her less than. He's just again speaking from his own personal experience of what people view and perceive him as. And we know that that's that's been a constant source of pain to Bruce. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, I, I remember the moment in Ragnarok when him and Thor were going back and forth with each other. And Thor like said really mean words to him. Like, yeah, you're just a big, dumb green monster. That's, that's what people think of you as you're the dumbest adventure Avenger or whatever it was. And that really hurt him in that moment. And so, um, I don't know if Jen will go through the exact same thing here, but it just kind of calls back to that. Whereas like now we have to think and wonder, okay, she's had this moment, which is going to be super public. You, you, you would have to imagine that probably next week's episode, the finale is going to start off with like, a news montage, a newsreel of this footage of Jen going crazy at this gala and reacting mm-hmm. to that sex tape being displayed on screen and just the public perception of what people are going to say about her now, all the TikTokers, all the YouTubers, there's going to be a lot of discourse and conversation around her. Yeah. And so I wonder how much of a factor that's going to be and just how people perceive her and how she reacts to that and what that looks like. Cause to the true nature of a Hulk, she had a Hulk Hulk out moment. You know, she just kind of mm-hmm. went crazy and lost control but again, reasonably so. She she did nothing wrong. I, I, I don't think she did anything wrong. Like that is that is something that's absolutely done to her. And she is the victim in the situation. And she she reacted, you know, and that, that's kind of what it is. But um, the the intelligentsia and stuff, it's still yet to be seen. As you said, we still have to find out like what the true purpose of all of this is. And it could have just been to expose her. I think the first audio that we hear when that stuff pops up on screen is like, oh, yeah, she's not who you think she is. She's a fraud or mm-hmm. whatever. They're probably just trying to twist the image of who who she ultimately is and just make her be unheroic in the in the, in the eye of public opinion, because that's what some hater ass shit would would look like, <laughs> especially towards a female superhero. Right. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but before we wrap up here, just want to quickly ask you again, this is like the penultimate episode. We've talked about all of these Marvel series and just the way that they wrap up and how they handle their 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 endings and, mm-hmm. and sometimes how challenging it's really been for them. I mean, for you with this episode and then just also like examining the context of the entire series, everything we've seen up until this point, heading into next week's finale. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about approaching the end next week? Do you feel like you're in a good place? Do you feel like you 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 have everything that you need in order for this to be hopefully a satisfying season one of a series or or is it a little bit of apprehension about maybe only having about 30 or 35 minutes to try to wrap all of this up in a, in a satisfying way? Yeah, I have to say that I think this show at the end of the day will prove that six episodes is not it. <laughs> no matter how you look at it, there's enough meat and potatoes even in 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 some of the episodes we were like and if it was fillery or there there was something here i think this episode did such a good job of being like this is what all of that was for that now you have to be like okay eight this is we're at eight episode eight we can't just be out here doing six because this made everything feel better you know this 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 episode made all those other episodes that we might not have you know liked as much which of course you still don't have to like it as much right but it still makes it feel like that it meant something at the end of the day when when we come to this moment and and because of that i i feel like we're one we're in a good spot i feel like depending on episode nine is important penultimate is just as um, you know it, it i think this is a really important episode and i think they nailed it and but next week is still going to be very telling 
on on the ways in which I think the the taste the show leaves in people's mouths, um, especially my mouth a little bit too, because I, I I think if you if you come in and you you give us a daredevil right, you give us these things this connective tissue that makes episode eight feel really good. I need episode nine to bring it home without all of that. Give me the what is Jen about to go through? Is the cliffhanger good? We left Loki on a, I think, a amazing cliffhanger, <laughs> where I was like, "Oh man, what the hell is gonna go down in season two of this show?" You know what I'm saying? I'm hoping we get that for She-Hulk. That's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm actually pretty hopeful for it because I think this episode ends on such a, uh, in a way, a nerve-wracking way, right? Where usually when Jen breaks the fourth wall, she's always doing some some quip or she's making a joke. This time, she just kind of looked at the camera, and it like was uneasy on me a little bit right i was like "Ooh, <laughs> she didn't say anything because it was the moment where she didn't have anything to say she went off that she's surrounded by police the cdc or whatever damage control and she just looks at the camera like oh shit i'm i'm really in some 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 stuff now especially she understands how the system works when it comes to 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 uh, uh, abomination you know she understands how the system works and, and how things look being the the green monster on the other side um and and there's a lot of commentary that has to be talked about i think in the ninth episode to to bring it home i think it's possible i think they're right there this episode really throws an amazing pitch right now it's time to hit the home run and bring it home and i think if they can do that then we'll be satisfied on on multiple occasions and for different reasons right the show i don't think it'll it won't end perfect but if if they can bring home this this last episode, it'll be uh, uh, meaningful as to the ways in which one Marvel moves forward with their shows. I think in some ways, the ways in which I think comedy even <laughs> exists in the MCU. The the tone of She Hulk, right? I, I I I can only imagine she will be part of the Avengers at some point, right? Part of a larger team at some point. And in 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 what um. Yeah, and, and what that means for for anything going forward with She-Hulk season two, or what even what that means. But I think I think it's possible, and I think they have it in their hands. Is the, the question is are they going to drop the ball, which we've seen them do before? That's the real question. So we, we'll have to see. I'm hopeful at this point. It feels like a good spy. It has not been a perfect series. There's been a you know a lot of moments where I'm just like, what are we doing here? Does this really work? Does this make sense? And I, I do also commend the series for for taking a lot of swings. There, there were a lot of risks taken, and even if everything hasn't worked totally for me, mm -hmm. the fact that that we've taken cer certain risks and, and gone into different territory that's unfamiliar that that's ultimately like something I'm I'm happy for. At the end of the day, I can appreciate those moves because it's bold yeah. for a universe that's existed now for like 14 years. We're approaching 30 movies. This is like the eighth series. Like it becomes difficult to make something new and feel fresh and different. And this show has overall, it really has. And so um, I think that the work done this week, it was a really, really important episode and all the way through it pretty much worked for me in entirety, which mm -hmm. is saying a lot. And uh, next week's episode, I just hope that they can, provide us a reasonable and meaningful conclusion to the story that they've been telling here. And, 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 and I would, I would hope and wonder and, and would like to see maybe just a direction pointing forward in terms of what's going to be next. Exactly. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be confirmation of season two, but I'd, I'd like to at least know that the story will pick up somewhere else. And maybe it is a season two, maybe it's a 
future film. I don't know. I don't know what their plans are particular in particular with She-Hulk as a character, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see how everything works out next week. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for this episode of Two Black Nerds. Thank you again for tuning in to another podcast. We'll be back early next week, of course, to talk about another Marvel Studios presentation, Werewolf by Night, which is debuting this weekend on Disney+. Plus. It's the first ever Marvel Studios special presentation and Halloween special about a brand new character being introduced to the MCU, so we're excited to talk about that. We also talk have to talk about the star-studded new film Amsterdam which is starring Christian Bale John David Washington and Margot Robbie and of course we'll be recapping the latest edition of the Game of Thrones prequel House of the Dragon and we'll be back at the end of next week to talk about the season finale of She-Hulk Attorney of Law so plenty to look forward to over the coming week but until then we'll see y'all next time yes sir with that being said y'all we're Audi 5000 please check out our Nerds of Thunder collection at 2blacknerds.com this is the year of 2022 Black Nerds and remember Always bet on black. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Black Nerds, where we're too black, too nerdy. We out, y'all.